men. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio 104.5 FM. It is great to be with you another Wednesday evening where we have the opportunity to reflect into the life and thought of one uh, Pope Francis. And as I do each and every Wednesday, I have Bob Cross with me. So, Bob, it is great to have you with me another Wednesday. Always great to be here, Joe. Thank you. So, uh, Bob, we talk about Pope Francis in the news. And uh, actually, yesterday in our program... I had made note of something he had said. He had talked about how um, it isn't a theology degree that, that makes us Christian, that what ultimately makes us Christian is a life in the Holy Spirit. And I was talking about this because yesterday um, we were talking about St. Gregory of Nazianzus. Okay, St. Gregory of Nazianzus is known as the theologian. So I thought it was worthwhile to reflect upon those words, but what I didn't do, Bob, was I actually didn't get into the the homily itself. So what I thought we could do is actually get into what he said uh, more specifically. And in the last 24 hours, um, (laughs) there's been a lot of chatter about what he said. Uh, To some extent, some misunderstanding, and really, for all intents and purposes, probably not reading the whole article as we've talked about before. You know, you read the headline, and you know, what is he saying? So we'll go ahead and read his words, and then we'll reflect upon what he's saying and why it's so important. A Christian earns his ability to speak with authority from the Holy Spirit, not from a theology degree. Pope Francis said during his daily Mass at the Vatican's St. Martha residence. Reflecting on the Gospel reading for the day, the Pope noted how those who heard Jesus were amazed by his teaching because his word had authority. Jesus was not a commonplace preacher, the Holy Father said, because his authority came from a special anointing of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the Son of God, anointed and sent out to bring salvation, to bring freedom. Pope Francis added that there were those who were scandalized by his style of preaching. Hmm. We too can ask ourselves, what is our identity as Christians? Turning to the first reading of of the day, the Pope cited St. Paul saying, that we do not speak of these things with words evoked by human wisdom. St. Paul did not preach because he took a course at a pontifical university, such as the Lateran or the the Gregorian, Pope Francis said. The source of his preaching was the Holy Spirit, not human wisdom. A person might have five theology degrees, the Holy Father said, but not have the Spirit of God. Perhaps you will be a great theologian, but you are not a Christian because you do not have the Spirit of God that which gives you authority, that which gives you your identity, and the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Paul preached with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the Pope said, expressing spiritual things of the Spirit in spiritual terms. Man left to his own devices cannot comprehend the things of the Spirit of God. Man alone cannot understand this. The Pope observed that we often encounter people who are simple. For instance, old ladies who perhaps never finished primary school, yet have a greater knowledge of theology than others because they have the Spirit of Christ, as Mm. St. Paul did. If we Christians do not understand the things of the Spirit well, he said, if we do not give or offer a witness, then we lack identity. Those who do not have this identity 
see the things of the Spirit as foolishness and lack the capacity to understand them. Hmm. In contrast, one who is moved by the Spirit judges, judges everything. He is free, and no one can judge him. Now we have the thought of Christ, and that is the Spirit of Christ. This is the Christian identity. One who has this identity does not have the spirit of the world, its way of thinking, or of placing judgment. While the preachers and doctors of the law spoke in theological terms, the Pope said, the people did not care for them because they did not speak to the heart. They did not give freedom. They were not united by the Holy Spirit and therefore could not help others find their own identity. The authority of Jesus and the authority of the Christian comes from this ability to understand the things of the Spirit. Hmm. To speak the language of the Spirit, it comes from this anointing of the Holy Spirit. The Pope concluded his homily by calling on the Lord to grant us the Christian identity. Bestow on us your spirit. Bestow on us your way of thinking, of hearing, of speaking. That is, Lord, bestow on us the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So what is our Holy Father saying? Quite honestly, I think when you read the whole... Uh, homily there, Bobby, it kind of speaks for itself, huh? Um, I do want to highlight a few things as it's come to me, um, and as I was reading some some of the blogs, we have to first separate theology from theology degree, okay? He's not undermining theology itself. I mean, theology is faith-seeking understanding. What he's talking about is the theology degree. That should point to the Spirit, but he said what he said, especially in light of the gospel and the Sadducees and Pharisees. You can be educated in the law, but ultimately, do you understand the essence of it? Huh? So very important. I mean, you can be versed in something, but if you're not spending time with it because it's this discipline we call faith, then as Pope Francis spoke to it so beautifully, you're not going to get it. And here's the thing, Bob. Pope who Francis, once again, he brings us back to that saint for the ages in St. Francis of Assisi. What do I mean? There's a wonderful exchange between St. Francis of Assisi and one young Anthony of Padua, who we now know, of course, as St. Anthony of Padua. Young Anthony was going off to study for the priesthood, and St. Francis cautioned him, that is, Francis of Assisi, cautioned him. Be careful. Theology can be a dangerous thing. Young Anthony says, well, what do you mean, Francis? <laughs> I mean, a dangerous thing. He says, it can lead to a disconnect. It can lead to a kind of uh, narrow-mindedness, a rigidity. Not that that's what theology is about, because ultimately good theology should open us up. But what he's talking about, St. Francis of Assisi, and what Pope Francis is, is uh, talking about, is that there is a detachment. So, we know Anthony of Padua is St. Anthony of Padua for a reason. Because he took the theology that he learned and he applied it to his life, serving the poorest of the poor. St. Anthony of Padua is a doctor of the church, and yet he was serving the poorest of the poor. So, is Pope Francis... Uh, telling us not to study theology. No, he's saying be careful because theology without the gift of the Holy Spirit can be a trap. It can lead to a great deal of uh, detachment. Uh, and, and he's also telling us that degrees do not equate to holiness. So when we talk about what Pope Francis is talking about, what we must understand 
is looking at theology under the light of the Holy Spirit, particular to uh, this being under the authority, being under the influence. And when we study, we embrace theology for what it is. I mean, what does theology mean? What did I just say, Bob? Faith-seeking understanding. You know, fides corens intellectum. Well, let's think about this. <laughs> what is theology then if you remove faith? What is theology then if you remove the Holy Spirit? Faith-seeking understanding? Well, you remove faith, and now it's just understanding of what? If theology is the study of God, and you're seeking understanding, you remove faith, and all you have is the understanding of, well, something that ceases to be the study of God. It ceases to be theology, Bob. It ceases to be the discipline that it was intended to be. And when you then start talking about degrees, if you're getting a degree, a theology degree, and you're not applying that principle of faith or that hermeneutic of faith, then what do you have? right? Not what you need, okay? Certainly, studying theology is a good thing because it is there where we can better understand the life of Christ. But what he's telling us is it doesn't equal holiness, and the one who is steeped in prayer, the one who is steeped in virtue, gets it, gets it, even maybe more so than someone with a PhD. And this is what really um, he's driving home. And like he has on so many other occasions, Bob, he's kind of prodding and pushing a little bit. He wants us to look at this from a different angle so that we might appreciate uh, what the Christian and Catholic faith is all about. You said something really key there, Joe. You, you mentioned faith-seeking understanding. That's what theology is. And as you noted, if you take away faith, whereas the Holy Father is talking about the Holy Spirit, well then... Where does that leave the understanding? But coming from a purely human perspective, mm -hmm. and he's noting that in here. If you're thinking, living in the world, thinking from a world's point of view, boy, then theology has it, it's skewed from a human perspective because the faith is removed, the Holy Spirit's gone, and then where does it go? It goes to the way down the path that humans go. Yeah. Humans and their fallibility and their weaknesses and their vanities and their insecurities. Yeah. And then it's, it becomes kind of what he's warning us about and what St. Francis, you know, a, you know warned uh, St. Anthony about. Yeah. yeah he, he quoted St. Paul, and you think about it, again, who was Paul who he was once saw? He was Rabbi Gamaliel's prized pupil, right? Rabbi Gamaliel, who we see in Acts 5, was the rabbi of rabbis. It was said of him, you know, when, when he died, the glory of the Torah died because he brought so much insight into the Pentateuch, into the Torah, into the first five books in the Bible and the whole Testament scriptures. Why do I talk about this? Because Paul was his prized pupil. He is quoting in his epistles, the Old Testament, over 500 times. That's astounding. Paul has been educated, right? But his deeper understanding of what he knew from Rabbi Gamaliel came through that personal encounter with Jesus Christ when he was knocked off his horse. That's the essence of everything. Yes, he, he goes off for, for three years and he kind of, you know, has this three-year retreat with God, I'm sure reconciling everything that uh, he was taught in light of this new dispensation of grace, this new covenant church. And then he returns, he meets with Peter, he uh, literally, if you would want to translate the Greek, interviews Peter for a span of 15 days. So he's working through the theology aspect of it. But when you read the epistles, Pope Francis just talked about it. His understanding of everything that he was taught 
was illuminated by the Holy Spirit. The first glimpse of paradise itself in the book of Genesis was illuminated by the Holy Spirit, illuminated by that personal encounter with the love that is shared between the Father and the Son. This is what it's about. Now, Bob, there's something else going on here. And this is what Pope Francis is after. He wants us to think outside the box here. If you get a PhD, if you get an advanced degree in theology, you are trained to refute Marx, Nietzsche, Darwin, all of these guys, okay, Voltaire. Bob, you are not trained to refute, I dare say, Lady Gaga, Miley Cyrus, Britney Spears, Madonna, and the reality of it today, 2014, is we need to be more trained in how to engage the culture in light of, yes, the Voltaires and the Kants and the Darwins, because if you don't understand that, that can be a dangerous thing. But also, but also, (laughs) Lady Gaga, Britney Spears, Miley Cyrus, and the rest, he's telling us this is what the new evangelization is about. Don't be so caught up in theology degrees that you're so detached from the world. Have a life in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will instruct you on how to engage the culture. The Holy Spirit will instruct you on how to interact with one another. Out from that personal encounter with Jesus Christ, He will show you the things that you need to say and the things that you need to do. This is what lies at the heart of it, Bob. And, you know, it's, it's so interesting how you mentioned all of those pop culture icons, so to speak. They're, they're given a pass. And for some reason, you know, we're talking about speaking with authority here. Um, we as a culture look up to them and grant them some sort of authority yeah. for whatever yeah. reason that we can't seem to figure out. Yeah. And like you said, they're given a pass. They're not refuted. Um, and even political leaders. I mean, you know, they're of this world as well. You know, and they're, they're very, very, uh, you know, um, they're dealing with, you know, the, the temptations of power and, and, and all that goes with it. Mm-hmm. And they're not refuted as much as they probably should. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, hey, when it comes to uh, people of, 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 of faith, you know, they're questioned all the time. Yep. You know, it, it's because it's just this imbalance that, yeah. to, that takes place everywhere within our culture. I believe in my heart of hearts, Bob, that American popular culture... Uh, suffers from that spirit of um, being cool, mm-hmm. being popular, being in. You know, we think about those words and those terms within the context of junior high and high school, but the reality is that it's still very important to us. And I go there because ultimately, in the end, what is holiness all about? What does holiness mean? It literally means to be set apart. When Paul's talking about being sanctified in Jesus Christ, that Greek is to be set apart. Set apart from what? Set apart from the norm. Set apart from popular culture. Set apart from what it means to be cool, right? Because the Catholic Church is never going to win a popularity contest. Christianity is always going to be, you know, last in a popularity contest. So if we're concerned about being cool, then then we're in trouble. And this is, oh, by the way... Um, by way of segue, this is really what Pope Francis is talking about in these paragraphs, paragraph 79 and 80 from Joy of the Gospel. So maybe, Bob, as we're talking about this, let's just jump right in and, and um, read this paragraph. I'll go ahead and read paragraph 79. This is uh, our Holy Father. 
And again, this is the subsection where he's talking about the importance of that missionary spirituality. And he's, he's speaking to the agents of evangelization. Remember what I said last week? He's just not talking to the priests, the religious, the bishops. He's talking to all agents who wish to take up this call to evangelize and catechize. So if you are a leader in the church, he's speaking to you. And this is what he says. At times... Our media culture and some intellectual circles convey a marked skepticism with regard to the church's message, along with a certain cynicism. As a consequence, many pastoral workers, although they pray, develop a sort of inferiority complex which leads them to relativize or conceal their Christian identity and convictions. This produces a vicious cycle. They end up being unhappy with who they are and what they do. They do not identify with their mission of evangelization, and this weakens their commitment. They end up stifling the joy of mission with a kind of obsession about being like everyone else and possessing what everyone else possesses. Their work of evangelization thus becomes forced, and they devote little energy and very limited time uh, to it. I think he's describing being cool there. (laughs) It's not cool to be a pastoral worker and to evangelize. Yeah. Yeah, what is Pope Francis saying here, Bob? He is telling us if we have been called to the front lines of the new evangelization, if we are in pastoral work in this vineyard that we call the church in mission, notably the new evangelization, and we do not take our spiritual life seriously, we will fail the mission of the new evangelization. If we are just going through the motions, if we get caught up in that demon of busyness, not taking stock in why we do what we do, not taking stock that each and every day is a gift given to us from God. You know, we go to our iPads, we go to our iPhones, we go to our calendars, and we start to write all of those things in our calendar that we need to do, and we forget that everything that we put in that calendar should belong to God, then we fail the mission. We will begin then to succumb to that sense appetite. We will begin to moonlight about the things that money can buy. So it is, we have this call to go deeper in our faith, that we would overcome this culture that simply says you can do whatever you want to do. Relativism is everywhere. I mean, just look at what's going on in the world and, you know, in this overabundance of political correctness Mm -hmm. um, to the point where, you know, everything is gray now, there's no black and white, to, um, you know, again, being inhibited because of what people may think of you speaking out for Christ. I mean, it's, it's, it's all around us. It's so evident and so timely, especially right now. Yeah, and as you're talking, Bob, there's really something that strikes me. When we talk about relativism, you know, you can have your truth, I can have my truth, and let bygones be bygones be on our way. What's happening there? There's no definitive advancement in a movement towards truth, truth itself. Remember, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Come follow me. Deny yourself. Come follow me, right? If we are so concerned about political correctness, if we are so concerned about what people are thinking about us, then we will never advance in our Christian journey. We need to be rooted in the faith, be rooted, as Pope Francis was talking about, in a life in the Holy Spirit. And yes, 
Have a sense of how to communicate with one another. Have a deep sense of how to communicate the, uh, with these um, folks who are really caught up in the Lady Gagas of the world and, and the Madonnas and the Mighty Cyruses. And I talk about this, the, the Lady Gagas, because they have spoken uh, extensively at different points about Catholic teachings. Uh, maybe some of us aren't aware of that, but a lot of these American popular figures that I was just talking about are Catholic. And when Catholic issues come up, they talk about it as if they're an authoritarian on it. And again, we have to be willing to roll up our sleeves, work in the tall grass and say, what do I need to do to be able to evangelize and catechize this person or that person? Mindful, Bob, and it could never be overstated that every great moment of evangelization and catechesis in the life of the church today always starts with a word of prayer, always starts with that humble disposition which renders our heart before God so we might then see where God is calling us to go and what we need to do and say. I'm looking at these paragraphs here, Bob, and I, I want to get to the uh, conclusion. Maybe if you can read the last few sentences of paragraph 80. Okay. Um, it is striking that even some who clearly have solid doctrinal and spiritual convictions frequently fall into a lifestyle which leads to an attachment to financial security or to a, des to a desire for power or human glory at all costs rather than giving their lives to others in mission. Let us not allow ourselves to be robbed of missionary enthusiasm. Mm, 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 mm. There you go. Uh, that might be one of the most important sentences in this whole exhortation. Are, and and we, he talked a little bit about this last week. Are we so concerned with ourself that we are not disposed to serve our brothers and sisters in Christ? And it's interesting he talks about doctrinal and spiritual convictions. What Pope Francis is after here is when you pray, don't just let it be lip service, okay? Let that doctrinal conviction, let some of those devotions, let those seep deep into our heart. Let them take root that out from that, our understanding of doctrine, our understanding of this saint or that saint will be better understood, and then we can hand it on better. This goes right back to what he was saying yesterday at that homily, Bob. He was talking about what? The importance of the life in the Holy Spirit. If we are living in the Holy Spirit, then we are not going to be concerned with uh, financial security. Not that making uh, ends meet's a bad thing. He's not saying that obviously. But when it preoccupies our time to the point to where we no longer have that robust enthusiasm for Jesus Christ, that's a problem, huh? That's a big problem. You know, what is, what does our Lord say in the Sermon on the Mount, specifically in his Sermon on Trust? Do not be preoccupied. Do not worry. Do not be anxious. Does not my Father provide for the birds in the air? Would he not provide for you all the more? Do not let your hearts be restless, but let them rest in my own heart. I will take all of your burdens. Trust in me. Trust in my Father's wisdom. And when you do that, your life and your faith will be enlivened. Huh? And 
our Lord's words to the disciples, go forth, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach as I have taught you. He sends them forth out from that personal encounter, Bob. And he does so because these disciples, these apostles, have now been charged with the authority that was entrusted to Jesus Christ from the Father. What did he say? All the power and authority in heaven has been given to me. I now give it to you. Are we not, when we talk about evangelization and catechesis, are we not under uh, the authority of Jesus Christ in all that we do? Remember the word authority. What's at the root of authority? Author. Who's the author of everything that we do? Jesus Christ. And so we, uh, we are in the stead of Jesus Christ. I and mean, what does Paul say? It's no longer I living, but Christ who lives within me. So as we talk about this missionary enthusiasm, we always have to go back to what our Holy Father said yesterday and what he's talking about these in these paragraphs have a living relationship with Jesus Christ. You will know whether you do or not if you were preoccupied with the stuff of the world. Uh, and if you do, if you are preoccupied, then um, shape up. <laughs> shape up. If you're concerned about all of these things on the periphery, if you're concerned about keeping up with the Joneses, especially if you're an agent for the new evangelization, look at that. Look at that long and hard. I mean, he's... <laughs> Pope Francis does not shy away from using the word enthusiasm. He sees that as John Paul II saw it, right? The first principle of the new evangelization. What we hand on, right? The methods, um, how we say it, all of that. It's for not if we are not first in love with Jesus Christ. Ardor. In the Latin, ardire, fire, blaze that, again, robust enthusiasm that we've talked about a great deal, Bob, on this program. If we're without that, if we're without that, we need to look, again, long and hard in the mirror. Yeah, that's, it's amazing to me that you know, Pope Francis was saying these words yesterday, just at the, at the time that we were in these particular paragraphs, 79 and 80. Mm -hmm. I, I think maybe... Did somebody put a call to him and let him know that we were studying this yeah. part of the exhortation? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He should, he should yeah. treat that, you know, after his homily. But no, it's just amazing. This Christian identity that we're talking about, this fire, this burning, this ardor, this joy of the gospel, mm -hmm. which is the exhortation that we're, we're studying. Mm. Yeah, and as you, as you joke around there a little bit, Bob, I'm reminded of yesterday, um, I mentioned his name in opening, St. Gregory of Nazianzus. This is the one doctor of the church, the one church father who is called the theologian. The theologian, right? And what made him the theologian? Because he was a great orator. He was so eloquent, but he always spoke in this great simplicity. It is right. It is right that he's known as the theologian because in light of what Pope Francis is saying, here's a man who studied the faith feverishly, but he always did so. Bob, and this is our closing point, and I really want our listeners to hear this. He always studied the faith on bended knee. He always saw that first, before he taught about Jesus Christ, he would first contemplate about Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Let us close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.